This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to The Stand with Amy Dunphy. Now, one year ago, on this day, Russia invaded Ukraine. There were over 100,000 troops involved and they were directed by Vladimir Putin, the Russian president. He called what he was doing a special military operation. The idea was to take Kiev and to take also President Zelensky It was estimated it would take three or four days and they would have a puppet regime installed in Kyiv and gradually reclaim Ukraine. That didn't happen. Putin miscalculated and hence we are one year in to a bloody invasion which has seen a lot of war crimes, a lot of death and destruction. Yesterday there was a celebration in Moscow a carnival atmosphere, and on Tuesday, the day before, Vladimir Putin addressed the nation to make his position clear. We're joined now to discuss this last 12 months by Dmitry Ilovsky. Dmitry is chief editor at Kordakovsky.live. It's a YouTube channel. He was former deputy editor-in-chief for TV Rain. TV Rain is an independent channel based now in Latvia, as it was shut down by the Russian authorities following the invasion of Ukraine. And Dmitry is now based in Lithuania. Dmitry, thank you very much for joining us. One year in to this incredible, bloody invasion, what are your feelings now? What were your feelings when you watched Putin address the nation on Tuesday? Hello, Eamon, and thank you very much for having me. Well, first of all, um, I um, I was on a holiday by that time, but anyway, I thought that that would be pretty important, and I have to watch it. I, I must, actually, because this is something that was postponed for many times since uh, the late uh, last year. Uh, so I, I, I thought that he might say something quite important. Basically, there was nothing. It was just, uh, as we say in Russian, uh, only water, nothing else. Yes. And um, that, that was uh, quite uh, pathetic because many of us expected something. Maybe 
like a new wave of uh, mobilization, maybe uh, some new measures concerning the borders or maybe the new status of that uh, um, special military operation, as they call it in official Russia. But uh, actually, he said nothing. The most uh, peculiar thing was to observe him coughing all the time. And uh, we actually know that he's been coughing for, for like 37 times or something. So he's not in a very good uh, health condition. Yes. You know? And the mission he set himself has been a failure. The estimates of the casualties Russia has incurred are maybe 200,000 dead and injured and maybe 100,000 Ukrainians dead and injured. The cost has been terrible. What has Russia gained? Um, well, I think that uh, Russia gained um, mm, dictatorship. Now we can call it uh, 100% totalitarian uh, dictatorship because um, all the uh, freedom institutes, all the institutes of freedom of speech uh, were destroyed, were yes. demolished. Um, I think the only good thing about what we can say about uh, Russia, if you uh, pardon me, would be that um, its economy is pretty strong and uh, that uh, the, sanction, the sanctions imposed by Western world, um, they don't work at all. Uh, people still live um, very, not that bad, not that bad, I would say. They're not uh, that poor, uh, they're not that rich, but uh, they still do live some sort of a like similar lifestyle they used to uh, before the war. We know that, uh, except uh, the war losses that you've mentioned, approximately one million of people have left Russia. Those are people who uh, disagree with war, who don't like Putin, and well, I, I guess who will never vote for him. Maybe they have, but not, not anymore. So a million of people have left. Um, it's quite an amount, you know, yes. but um, in terms of uh, Russian Federation, which is kind of huge, and the population is um, 147 millions. Uh, it's um, even less than 1%. So what Putin has now is that um, he has uh, a nation that is brainwashed, that has no uh, critical mind, critical thinking, and um, he still can continue his rhetorics about uh, uh, being surrounded by enemies and being like, um, the only uh, castle that has like some sort of a clear mind and uh, traditional values, and uh, they he, he actually opposes Russian Federation to the Western world, and he has repeated it in his um, uh, in his address to, to the nation and to the parliament when he said that um, uh, the uh, Western Church is trying to uh, make a new god. Well, which has, I don't know, some, I don't remember exactly, but it has like some sort of different sex or different like sexual orientation. Yes. I mean, that was uh, hilarious. Who cares about it? And why, why is that important? Yes, he has made what he calls the decadent West. And there's no doubt the West is in many ways decadent. He has made that his, one of his targets. I read a piece in the Financial Times this morning, Dimitri, and it was fascinating about the people who are close to him now. Looking at Russia over the years, I would have thought Sergei Lavrov, the foreign minister, 
would have been one of the closest people to him. But it appears not that there are a small group of oligarchs around him. And Lavrov only learned of the invasion at one o'clock in the morning Mm -hmm. of the 24th of February last year. In other words, Lavrov was left out of the loop. And speaking to a source in the Financial Times, or this is the story Lavrov gives about Putin. He said, President Putin has only three advisors, Ivan the Terrible, Peter the Great, and Catherine the Great. (laughs) (laughs) It's quite a good joke. (laughs) But you've told us before when we've spoken to you that there are a small group of oligarchs around him. It's a very tight circle and there's not a lot of trust. Mm -hmm. I believe that uh, actually mm, the term oligarch uh, cannot be used in uh, modern Russian dictatorship. Because oligarch is a a rich person, a businessman, a tycoon maybe, who has also um, lots of power. And um, I think that the only Russian oligarchs these days are uh, generals and colonels from FSB, from from KGB, uh, because all of the uh, rich people, all of the businessmen who run the economy, they do not have any power, like at all. They can only wait for uh, Putin's orders uh, to give money to the to the war, to to to, to military, to the army, and uh, to obey. They cannot. Uh, they cannot uh, do any decisions, uh, and they cannot have any impact on the yes. Kremlin's decisions these days. Uh, I think that there are some people we might even don't know their names, but the closest circle of um, uh, Putin we know. It actually consists from his uh, pals uh, from. Uh, 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 from Cottage Village, not far from St. Petersburg, where they've been building houses uh, in the uh, early 90s or in uh, late 80s or something like that. Yes. Uh, so these are people, these are pals, mates of, uh, of Vladimir Putin and definitely Sergei Lavrov, who is a diplomat and who was actually pretty liberal back, yes. in, uh, back in the 90s or in the uh, uh, 90s. Um, he's not in the circle anymore, and there is no wonder that he has known. Uh, he has found out about the military operation uh, right before it started. I also think that uh, uh, Defense Minister Shoigu might not be uh, um, uh, might not be uh, aware of the military operation because uh, we know that they are some sort of a good friends with Putin. But I think that he will not. Uh, show his real friends, his real comrades uh, in front of cameras, just to keep them in a secret, yes. for just, 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 just to let it like be that way. So basically, I know that, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm sure that um, he is not advising to somebody these days, but he's waiting for other people, for ministers, for like people from, from his office to come to him with an idea. And then he reacts to it. Because, because, you know, he doesn't want to take decisions on his own. He's waiting for people yes. to come up. And uh, that's how he's sharing his responsibility. Now, China has supported Putin and Xi Jinping's senior diplomat was in Moscow yesterday discussing the situation with Putin. The Chinese have been warned by the United States not to give weapons but they are certainly helping 
economically. You talk about the economics not being as bad as people thought they might be, despite sanctions. They're surviving very well. And the relationship between China and Russia is very important at this moment, isn't it? Uh, it's quite important. But uh, I know that um, China is a very difficult partner uh, because they always um, know what matters to them, to their people and yes. to their economy. And uh, the uh, comfort of their people, uh, the wealth of their people is uh, something of a high priority for every Chinese uh, leader, minister or whatever. And uh, I'm almost sure that um, uh, Chinese leaders see will never come to Russia to meet Putin. I know that there are some reports now that the foreign minister came to like uh, prepare a ground. His name is Wang Yi. He's a yeah. senior, senior diplomat. Yeah, Wang Yi did, did really came. But I think that will be the highest, uh, of, uh, the, the highest ranked person from uh, Beijing that has ever visited Russia and that will ever visit uh, Putin, I mean, in this period. Uh, because they have some strong ties with the U.S., they have uh, very good trade contacts with the with Washington D.C., and uh, they will never forget about it. So uh, I think Putin is not that important for them. I know that there are some uh, some trades uh, and um, uh, be- between Moscow and Beijing yes. in uh, gas, in oil, yes. in fuel. Uh, but the funniest thing that we don't know the prices. Uh, for which Putin is selling um, gas and um, oil to them. And I'm almost sure that uh, uh, these are not conditions uh, that are good for Russian economy. Because uh, why why they keep them in in a secret? I mean, why why not share it? Why not make this information open? And I I know that uh, Beijing is uh, trading this uh, to make their own profits, not, not for Russia anymore. Now, Dmitry, taking a wider look at the consequences of this special military operation, as Putin calls it, it does appear that there is now a new Cold War. There is the West, Europe, NATO, the United States, the UK, France, and on the other side, you have China, you have Russia, of course, but you also have Iran, South Africa, the Saudis, and they have supported Putin. Would you agree that we are back to the Cold War? This is pre the collapse of the Soviet Union. Back to a Cold War where getting along with trade and diplomacy, while it's not agreeing, that's over. This has to end and Putin cannot be allowed to win. Is that how you see it? And is that how your, you know, your people in Russia see it? I don't think that this is a cold war. I think this is a, the hot war, the hottest yes. war that we ever that we have ever seen. And uh, definitely, uh, West supports Ukraine. West supplies arms. West supplies money. Goods, uh, radiators, heating heating systems, whatever. And um, this is uh, some sort of a proxy war between West West and and, uh, Russia. Yes, at this point, there are no NATO troops or um, 
NATO officers like fighting Russians um, somewhere in Ukraine. Uh, but I mean, guys, we live in the 21st century. Uh, HIMARS and other important yes. weapons, uh, they are supplied by the West and they are fighting against Putin's uh, soldiers and Putin's officers. This is the war and uh, Cold War doesn't exist anymore. We are, uh, we guys in Europe, we all are involved in the war because yes. uh, Irish uh, government supports um, Ukraine, yes. um, French, German, every, almost every, and almost everybody has imposed sanctions against Russia. So uh, I don't think that um, uh, this is the Cold War. This is the hot war. Yes. Concerning uh, people, talking about the people in Russia, I, unfortunately, they don't see that at all. And uh, I've been talking to some of my friends who are now in Russia, and they are very much tired and very um, upset and disappointed uh, by the by everything that they witness. They are tired of news. They are tired of blood. They are tired of uh, uh, of the news about the casualties and uh, death Russian soldiers yes. in in Ukraine. And uh, this is uh, this is very hard to bear. It's impossible to bear. But still, they live in some in their own reality, you know, because yes. UKAP is open. The there is a shoving tide in Russia these days. Uh, the spring is coming, and new shops, new clothes, uh, new yes. styles for women. It's it 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 still it, it all goes on. It's, it still rolls. It is reported that that carnival that we saw yesterday in the stadium with the singers and the flares and all of that. It is reported in Western media that before Putin made his speech, thousands had left once the music was over, and they weren't interested in listening to his speech, which would be interesting if it were true. We don't know, of course, if it is true. The question I want to ask you is this. Lavrov's comment about... Putin's advisors, that they were Ivan the Terrible, Peter the Great, and Catherine the Great, suggests that he has sees himself as some kind of messiah. This is messianic, and it's about Russia. It's about Russia being a great power again and having an empire and restoring its empire. Is there truth in that, do you think? I think that's fair enough. I would uh, uh, rather suggest to replace Catherine the Great with the Joseph Stalin. Because uh, that figure looks uh, rather more appropriate uh, for uh, current uh, state and current regime. Uh, talking about the yesterday rally, um, I you know what? I've been to a similar event uh, last March. Uh, there was also a huge concert in uh, uh, Luzhniki Stadium, uh, which actually once once hosted a final the of World the World Cup. Uh, yeah, and World Cup and final of uh, uh, Championship League. Yes, and yes, uh, yes. Manchester United played there yes. against Chelsea. And I've yes. been there and I've seen the game. That was amazing. Right. So <laughs> it's uh, can you imagine that uh, the same place yes. now uh, hosts uh, Putin with his uh, almost uh, fasc uh, fascist gig? And uh, that was very pathetic. That was very disturbing. But uh, recalling my... Uh, my own experience when I came there, I, I came there as a journalist, definitely. Uh, so uh, there were lots of people who were working 
for um, state companies who are working in like transport in Moscow transport, yes. Moscow schools, and uh, they came there uh, not on their own goodwill. They were forced to go there. Some because, of them, were, uh, some of them were paid. I be- we are told. Uh, some of them were, yeah, and uh, like the the the, the price uh, was like, um, let me think, it was like ten or twenty euros uh, per per the whole day. And right. uh, it's quite cold now in Moscow. It's quite frosty, and uh, yes. you know, the the winter is still on. Uh, but basically, I've seen lots of drunk people back then, <laughs> and uh, definitely they were forced to go there. But the funny thing is that they were. Uh, I was in the crowd, like approaching the stadium, and I heard like two drunk guys chatting with each other. And you know what? They've been um, copying all the uh, propaganda words, like one and one saying that we cannot live in a monopolar world. <laughs> the Western hegemony has to end as soon as possible. <laughs> we cannot be slaves of uh, uh, European bureaucrats. <laughs> so that, that was amazing. That was, uh, you know, people are just copying it. They yes. just say, say it in the very that words that propaganda has been speaking for, uh, for, for ages. And there is one more funny thing I've, uh, we, we have witnessed yesterday. Uh, there was a, one of favorite Rush, uh, Putin's uh, singers singing down there. Yes. And um, uh, journalists, Russian journalists, have noticed that um, he had a very Porsche and very nice um, coat. Yes. Uh, but uh, he had a black tape which was covering the brand on it. Right. And that was Prada, and that costed like three Aye. or four thousand uh, euros. Yeah, quite, okay. quite a sum of money, you know. <laughs> yes. And when he was asked why did he do that, why did he tape it, he said, "Well, I know it will be like broadcasted on TV, and there is no place for advertising there, blah blah." Yeah. But definitely, he was ashamed of uh, his own wealth and his own rich. So yeah. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music. For all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. 
For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Now, Dimitri, we are a, one year into this special military operation. You are in your 30s. You love your country. When you think forward... How do you see the next year? Do you think we will be here in this same situation in one year's time? Do you think it might even be longer? Because people are beginning to say now that this may be a long war. I'm, these days I'm almost sure that uh, this will be a very long war. And uh, the next year will be even uh, more difficult and it will be tougher than the previous one. For all of us, for uh, Ukrainian soldiers, for um, European citizens who are supporting Ukraine, uh, for those Russians who are like myself, were forced to leave our motherland and to leave our home. Uh, and I, I think that uh, lots of things will be decided uh, in, uh, in the battle zone. Right. And uh, I think we have uh, to keep hope and um, to keep on doing what we have to do. All of us know what we have to do. And uh, this is actually the, the, the only option. I'm currently talking to you from Yerevan, from Armenia. Yes. Um, and uh, it's amazing how many young, uh, young people from Russia have left here. Uh, but uh, what... Um, what is good, what I have noticed, is that they still try to live their life. They try to bring something that they are used to in uh, Moscow to Yerevan. Yes. And um, Armenian nation uh, is great. These, these people are, are awesome. Uh, yes. they, they are very nice. They are very wel- welcoming and very uh, warm-hearted and hearted. So yeah, it's just amazing. Is, it, and, uh, is Armenia a free country? Uh, in comparison to what? In comparison to <laughs> Russia? In comparison yes, to very, Russia, yes. Yeah, yeah, and uh, they are very nice to Russian immigrants. Um, we cannot say the same about Georgia because uh, Georgia has been expelling yes. some Russian activists, and um, did uh, through the last couple of weeks they didn't let a number of. Um, my friends uh, to go to the country yes. so uh, they were forced to go somewhere else uh, but uh, you know uh, Russia's, Russian people are still very brave and they are trying to make uh, some small pieces uh, to build the small pieces of their own cities and towns and yes. uh, country abroad and uh, this is amazing and uh, I, know, I know that uh, Armenians are very grateful for that because uh, you know this sort of a uh, cultural exchange uh, makes Armenian nation more rich, more open, more yes. free. So, yeah. Now, the other country I wanted to ask you about is Moldova. They seem to be very nervous in Moldova and afraid that the Russians will return. Mm-hmm. They should be. They actually should be. I'm almost sure that uh, if Putin um, wins in Ukraine, uh, he will not stop there. And uh, his next uh, aim would be Moldova because um, he's uh, uh, too weak and uh, too. Um, he, I, I mean, he wouldn't uh, conquer. He wouldn't try to conquer uh, Baltic states yes. because they are NATO. 
but uh, Moldova really does uh, bother him. And uh, this is a beautiful country, not far from Ukraine, uh, and it will be easier for him yes. to start a new so-called special military operation against uh, young uh, democratic uh, power of uh, Moldova. So, yeah, fair enough that they are worried. Now, the question of Putin and how this conflict with the West can end. I'm sure you've thought about it. I've thought about it. Most people have. I can't see a way, Dmitry, that this can end with negotiations while Putin is there. And I wonder how you can see an end to this. And there's one, one other question associated with this. When Russia failed in Afghanistan, I think they had 10,000 dead troops, and yet the mothers of the dead soldiers caused a lot of trouble for what was then the Soviet Union. And some people believe that was the cause of the collapse of the Soviet Union. I'm not sure about that, but you, you would know better than me. So can this war end with Putin surviving it, or does Putin have to be defeated and has to be seen to be defeated? And the other question would be about, we see catastrophic numbers now of dead and injured soldiers. Mm -hmm. Where are the mothers? Um, okay, let's start from your first question. Um, I've been thinking about it, definitely. And uh, Okay, let me put a question to you. What can be um, taken as uh, Putin's victory in, uh, in Ukraine? If he holds on to Donbass, if he holds on to Crimea, mm -hmm. and if he gets back to what he had one year ago, if he can hold on to that, this, I, I don't think that uh, for Kremlin, this sounds like a victory. Right. Because, uh, as you remember, they've been saying about uh, demilitarization of Ukraine, the denazification yes, or the yes, fascization yes. or some other stupid nation. Uh, that, that sounds um, unbelievable. That sounds almost impossible. Uh, because uh, to gain that, he definitely has uh, to terminate uh, Zelensky as a as a human being. Yes, and uh, he has to conquer Kiev. He will never do that because uh, he will face uh, the guerrilla war. He will face uh, partisan war in every village yes. of Ukraine that he has conquered, and uh, that will take decades actually, and that will never end. Um, he may stop at. Um, wherever he is now. But uh, that doesn't sound like a victory for, for, for anybody in Russia and definitely not for that terrible Zed Patriots uh, yes. who are always saying that we need more blood, we need to use uh, nuclear weapons, we need to kill Biden while he is there yes. and uh, Zelensky both uh, together with him. So uh, this will be an end to him and uh, that will bring my... Uh, my country actually into even more tragedy, but uh, the end will be even 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 closer. Because there are there are people on the right of yeah. of Putin who are even more bloodthirsty. Precisely, yeah, they are uh, far more right than 
when Putin, Putin is. Yeah. And uh, talking about uh, the idea of uh, victims in Russia and yes. uh, in Afghanistan, I've been thinking about it. I don't have an answer for you. Right. Because uh, I think that um, every son, every child dying in every family uh, shall cause uh, protest, shall cause uh, um, anger, fury, and uh, something to do with that. Uh, I don't know why it's not happening uh, now in in Russia. Uh, maybe because um, people do not know what to do. They don't know yes. how to behave themselves. And yes. maybe, maybe actually, they are, it's because they are in a huge grief, in deep grief, yes. which doesn't uh, let them act in some rationalistic way, in some rational ways. But uh, it did happen in Afghanistan, and it did happen in Chechnya. Because yes. there were protests of mothers and of uh, Russian women, and uh, I believe that Russian women are very strong. They they sometimes are even stronger than than Russian men. Uh, so I think that uh, we might have seen something like that, and we, we we definitely will see something like that. Okay, Dmitry. As always, it's a pleasure to talk to you, and it's an education. Dmitry Olovsky is chief editor at Kordakovsky Live. And I think you can access that from here. He is, has been a wonderful guide and contributor to our podcast. And we're very grateful to Dimitri. Thank you. Indeed. And to all of you for listening. That's all we have time for now. We'll talk to you soon. Hi, I'm Kara Berry, host of Everyone's Business But Mine, and I am an all-inclusive addict. Enter Club Med, the best all-inclusive for you and your family. With resorts worldwide from their family flagship resort, Club Med Punta Cana, to their only mountain resort in Canada, Club Med Quebec, they have everything you need to relax. With their 20-plus sports activities, wellness programs, you can dine on delicious cuisine and make memories with your family. So book your next getaway with Club Med. Visit clubmed.us or call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.